Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy birthday year. What's up? 2024. It's it's the birthday of the new year. Yeah. Um, hey, we are excited to launch a brand new year of daily Bible reading. And I hope you are too. I think they are. I can hear it. You can? Yeah, there's bated breath. Yeah. <gasps> you know, one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, hey, you're here and you're joining with us and you're, uh, you're listening, which is a good step in the right direction because hopefully that means that you have resolved this year to join us in reading your Bible daily. And you may be wondering, do I really need to read my Bible daily? Is that really that significant? Is that really that important? You've heard us talk about this before, but I think it's important to start out the year by reminding ourselves why it's so important. The Word of God is God's most direct communication to you and me today. Mm. Uh, it is the, the, the clearest way that, that we hear from the Lord. You're going to hear a lot of different people talk about other ways that God speaks to us. And God can speak to us through friends, through counsel, through advice, and things like that. But listen, you want the most tangible, undeniable, direct method of God's communication to you today, it's going to be in his word. It's going to be in the in the Bible. And so let's give ourselves over to that every single day, because what could be more important than us hearing from God each and every day that we live? And the other thing too is when Jesus ascended, he left behind the helper. He left behind the spirit. And one of the, the jobs of the spirit was to call to mind his teaching, but also to convict and to encourage and to exhort. That takes place primarily through the means of the word of God. God's word is the medium through which sanctification takes place most readily in our lives. So if you're, one of your goals this year is to be more like Jesus, which I hope it is, then God's word is a, a, an imperative tool in that process each and every single day of our lives. And so we need to be giving ourselves over to God's word every single day. And so there's some ways to, to help go about that, to make that more accessible, because maybe that seems like, man, I'm, that feels like zero to 60 for me. Well, we think you can get there and we think that you can do it and we're confident that you can. Um, A couple of tips to to help with that. Again, you've heard some of these before if you've been with us, but uh, here's number one, read the whole thing at once. Read the whole thing at once. Just sit down. Don't move. Um, Have somebody bring you some water and food though. Otherwise you'll wear a diaper. You need it. Yikes. Uh, No, but find it. Find your spot. Find your spot. Decide on that now. It's the first of the year. Decide on this is going to be where I'm going to be. This is going to be where I'm going to read the Bible. This is my my appointment spot. Now, is that going to be every single day? Are you going to be able to hit that spot every single day? Maybe not, but most of the days you will. Get that spot. Get your, your, for lack of a better term, your prayer closet, maybe if you want to call it that. For me, that's a, a corner of my couch at home. That's where I'm at every single morning with my cup of coffee and God's word. Find your spot. Make it someplace that you're comfortable, that you want to be, that you look forward to being, and set yourself up for success in that. What's another tip, PR? I like planning it. I, I So I, I plan my morning by going to bed at a at an early hour the night before, which means when I wake up, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I'm ready to hit my Bible. And half the battle for me is just having the mental energy to open up my Bible. It's not easy. Reading my Bible is actually, it's probably one of the hardest things that I typically read on any given day of the week uh, because the Bible is challenging. So to get up and have the energy to do that typically requires a pretty near full tank for me. So I go to bed early and that, that's probably an unorthodox Bible tip, but that would be a good one for you for most of you anyway. Yeah. Uh, another tip might be choose the word first. 
right? I mean, how often do we wake up in the morning and, and we pick up our phones first thing off the bat and we're scrolling through email, we're scrolling through social media, we're scrolling through Instagram. And before we know it, we've lost 10, 15, 20 minutes that we could have spent in God's word and and, uh, and, and focused on something that was going to be more beneficial to us in that regard. So all those things can wait. Make your first appointment with God's word each and every morning, again, as much as you can control that. I think another thing that's helpful uh, is we will sometimes miss a day or miss a couple days or something happens and, and we find ourselves, we look back at a week and we haven't read our, our DBR at all. And that can be overwhelming to sit there and go, oh man, I've, I've got a week behind me. How do I catch up? Pastor Rod, is it imperative? Do we have to uh, do we have to catch up or is it okay for us just to jump in where we are? What are the pluses and minuses maybe to both approaches? I, I like the, the catch up makes sense because it doesn't let you miss the narrative. It's a story. You're reading a story and especially cause we're going about it this year and, and chronological order. We're trying to really emphasize the fact that it's a story. So if you miss parts, you're probably going to miss plot lines that you may regret not having gotten to, uh, at another point in time. On the other hand, the, the, the spirit of the law is that you want to be in the word day by day, hour by hour even. And therefore, the spirit of the law is that you aim for that target. There are going to be times, seasons when you're sick or days when you just can't for whatever reason, your hands are tied or who knows, where you can't le- legitimately do it. I don't think God's going to be up you know, from heaven with his arms crossed looking at you with a tisk 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 and saying, why aren't, why aren't you better? <laughs> why aren't you more like Pastor right. PJ? Now, God <laughs> is pleased when we're, when we're pursuing him and, and he recognizes that we're simply dust and therefore there's going to be times when we struggle with that and that's okay. So whether you catch up, if that's your personality you want to do, that's great. Or whether you say, you know, I'm just going to jump into wherever we are at that day, that's, that's fine too. Uh, I don't think that God's going to be legalistic with you and neither will we be. Right, right. But it's important that we give ourselves that goal, right? It's it's not perfection, but direction. And so each and every day, if you can set yourself up for success through doing some of these tips, maybe some others um, that you know of that would be uh, helpful for you, we just want you in God's word. It's the most important intake that you have every single day. And uh, and so give yourself over to it. Uh, the, the more you know God's word, I mean, even just think about just the practical impact of internalizing God's word through reading it every single day. The, the, the more you do this, the better armed, the better equipped you are to go out into the world that hates the God that you profess to love. Um, and so arming yourself with his word, that's another benefit to this, is going to help you in the battle against this world. I mean, we see that with Christ and, and Satan. When Satan takes him out into the wilderness and tempts him, Jesus is is saturated with the scriptures because he's the word of God incarnate, yes, but also because he was brought up to know and study and, and learn and, and memorize huge portions of God's word. So give yourself over to this. This will be the greatest investment that you make this year in 2024, bar none, is studying God's word because it will bleed over into every other area of your life. If you give yourself over to the study of God's word every day, it will make every other investment of your life, your parenting, your marriage, your work, make all of those things better because you're giving yourself to the, the study of God's word in the, at the same time and as the foundation upon which all those other relationships are built. Probably hard to overstate the impact that having a regular Bible reading habit will have for every other aspect of our lives. Yeah. It's, it would be like the first domino to fall in a succession of life dom- dominoes that all of us want to improve upon. Um, I even think when, when I when I went through losing all that weight, part of part of my in part of my motivation was I want to do it in a biblical way. I want I want God to be pleased by this. 
And so having my Bible in hand, I, I worked through that whole season. And, I, and, and the first thing for me was, okay, this, this cornerstone, this keystone habit has to be in place, my Bible, because I do want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better Christian. Everything in our lives has to start with the foundation, the, the keystone habit for all of us. Every Christian has got to be, I want to know God better. And I'm going to do that primarily through knowing his word. The more of his word you can get into yourself, the better everything in your life will be. Even your health. I mean, you think about something simple. Everyone's got these health goals. I want to gain this weight or lose that weight or be like this and run this mile thing. Great. Do those things. But even then, knowing your Bible will improve and allow that to make sense from a Christian perspective and not simply be a mark of vanity or just some kind of you know, worldly success or achievement that is apart from what God desires for our lives. Yeah. With that in mind, we should study the Word. Let's do it. Yeah. Genesis start 1 the beginning. through 3. Genesis, the book of the beginnings. Yeah, Genesis 1 through 3. It's a familiar text, and yet when we come to familiar passages, it's all the more important that we approach it uh, prayerfully, asking that God will help us to see things perhaps that we haven't seen before, help us to not just go through the motions, help us not just to uh, to think, okay, been there, done that, and, and now let's just let my eyes glaze over the text so I can check the box. That's the other thing to guard against with doing your Bible reading every single day is, is we can just go through the motions. And if you're just going to go through the motions, then and you walk away going, well, I just don't see the benefit to it. Well, I can tell you why, because you're just going through the motions. You're not going about this prayerfully. You're not going about this intentionally. So it's it's helpful. It's wise even before you set out to, to study God's word each and every morning, to read God's word each and every morning, to, to pray and ask that God would help you to approach it uh, respectfully and submissively and humbly and ask that he will teach you things, um, especially even in the, the passages that are more familiar, like the creation account, right? We've we've heard this. You've grown up in the church. You've heard this from the very beginning. That's what we find here. Uh, chapter one is the 30,000 foot view of creation. Chapter two then zooms in on the creation specifically of Adam and Eve. And uh, then uh, chapter three is the the downfall of man, the the, uh, the sin that enters the world. But as we get into the, the first part of this here, um, it's, it's my conviction, and uh, I think, Pastor Rod, that you share my conviction as well, that um, this is a, a literal six days of God's creative activity here, of, of a 24-hour period. And there's a, a lot of people that will go back and forth on that, and there are people that will argue against that. Here's where I think we as Christians need to draw the line. If you're wondering, is it okay to, to think that it's not a literal 24 hours? Here's where I think, for me, it becomes a gospel issue. When we allow death before the fall, that's where I think we've got a gospel issue. Uh, Romans chapter 5, Paul connects the the spread of death, the, the decay, death being the consequence of sin, back to Adam and Adam's sin. The, the, the sin is Adam as the representative head of mankind there. When we allow for there to be death, in other words, if we're going to allow for theistic evolution, for example, or something like that, where uh, God created uh, the, the, the goo that became the zoo that became you, and he just kind of oversaw the whole creation process. The problem is we've, we've got a world that's not very good, and, and that's what his final decree was after creating mankind. It's very good. And so it, I don't believe that, that death existed prior to the fall, and that's a, a result of the fall was the, the, the penalty of physical death as well as the decay that naturally occurs with aging and so forth and so on. So um, my conviction, literal 24 hours. And you might say, well, well, why do I hold that conviction? Because that's that's the simplest reading of the text, number one. And number two, 
when we're allowing for the existence of God, I think a lot of the reasons why we, uh, we argue against the literal 24-hour view is because we want a seat at the table with those that scoff at the notion that the earth is only six, 7,000 years old. And they'll say, well, what do you do with all of this, the, the, the evidence of the radiometric dating and, and all of these, uh, these fossil records and everything else like that, and, and surely it must be older. So we want to introduce like a gap between Genesis 1, 1, and 1, 2, where we want to make the days longer than 24 hours. Listen, when we're allowing for the fact that the creator God exists, uh, if, if that's our presupposition, then nothing is impossible with him. And again, the simplest reading is that these are six literal days that God created the earth uh, and that there was no death prior to the fall of mankind. So um, can we be charitable to an extent in this, Christians? Yes, we can be charitable for sure. But I do think there is a dividing line or a, dr- a line that we have to draw in the sand to say we can't cross this line particular. Pastor Rod, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I've the more I've read into this, the more I find that the arguments um, the, arg- the arguments are complicated. And I'm not trying to say that I empathize with those who believe in a theistic evolutionary mindset, but one of the compelling questions that I heard in seminary is, is Genesis 1 and 2, or really the first 11 chapters, is it intending to give us specific time frames um, and even even precise time frames that were that, that that we would be familiar with today. We've talked about this throughout our reading in last year, where we were saying, okay, well, so, you know, we approach history differently today than we did when when these guys wrote it. They're, they're, we're working from different tool sets here. We're looking at this from different worldviews and angles, even. And so, I think one of the things I can respect about those on the other side of the aisle, regardless of the fact that they would. So one of my, old, my one of my old professors in seminary is a, is a theistic evolutionist, um, Southern. No less. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, old earth. He's an old earther. And so he, he readily admits that death is a problem. That is a problem. If, if it is the way he thinks, then death is a problem and he doesn't know how to over, overcome that yet. Um, however, he, he did say something simple that, that kind of stuck with me. He says, if, if, if we're going to say all death, all death is what was in mind then Adam and Eve couldn't have walked anywhere because certainly they would have stepped on a blade of grass and that blade of grass would have been folded and it would have, it would have killed the blade of grass. Does that mean that death, as we understand it, encompasses all things, all places, and all times? And he would argue, no, death is specific to humanity and, and the creatures that God made. I guess, where do you draw the line? That's where he draws the line. That's where he draws it. He doesn't draw it into plant life. So he, he, that, that's his point on that. So there's people that I respect that hold views like that, that I would say, wow, that he's thought about this much more than I have. However, I think the text goes out of its way to say evening and morning, the first day, evening and morning, the second day. Right. And by and large, whenever scripture employs that methodology, it generally means what it says. Right. So it seems like God is trying to say, look, he created in six days and those days are literal 24 hour days, seventh day he rested. Um, beyond that, I, I, I am far more, um, flexible in terms of saying, okay, how long was the time frame between Genesis 1 and 2024 today? I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it 6,000 years? That'd be great. I'm, I'm not opposed to that because I think, to your point, Pastor PJ, God can do anything he wants. Right. But because he could do anything he wants, perhaps, perhaps it's older than I realize. And, and maybe I'm working off of partial data here. So I, I try to be charitable. I try not to be uh, overt or too too heavy handed about something that I, I, I mean, the more I learn, the more I'm, I'm humbled by it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I would still draw the line at theistic evolution. I think that's outside of the bounds of orthodoxy. I don't think you can hold to theistic evolution and, and hold to a, a 
faithful biblical understanding of the gospel. Um, because I, 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 again, I think you've got a gospel problem when death exists prior to the fall. Um, and, uh, and I would extend that uh, across the board there. So yeah, days of creation, as we get through it, uh, you've got light in day one, which we talked about yesterday as we wrapped up our last, uh, season of the daily oh. Bible podcast, the light of God's glory. I think we see that in Genesis, uh, chapter one with the, the light that is there prior to the creation of, of the other elements. You've got the atmosphere in the heavens in day two. You've got the land and vegetation in day three. You've got sun, moon, and stars in day four. Uh, day five, you've got the birds and the sea animals. Day six, land animals and man. And the other thing that, that's worth noting, even with regards to the age of the earth uh, conversation here, uh, when when Adam and Eve were created, uh, they were created with apparent age. They were not created as, as day one infants. They were created as fully grown adults capable of reproduction and, and everything that comes along with that. So uh, if you were to meet Adam on day one of his life, you would look at him and say, okay, there's a man in his 20s, his 30s, whatever it may be. And so I think it's reasonable that God created an earth with apparent age as well. And not to say that there aren't struggles with that and questions that come into contact with that, but I do think that that is, is certainly indicative. We even see that. He's creating trees that are capable of bearing fruit from day one. There are trees with age, apparent age. If you cut open the trees that were in the Garden of Eden on the first day of their existence, you would see multiple rings that would indicate that they had been there for uh, longer than they actually had been there. Um, I don't think that's deceptive. I think that that is God preparing the, the earth for the inhabitants of or the, 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 uh, the living of mankind and the, the necessary uh, produce and fruit that needed to take place there. Anyways, that's creation in chapter one. Uh, chapter two, then the creation focuses more on what uh, we get introduced to in one twenty six through 27, which is man and woman being created in the image of God. And chapter two is devoted to them because this is the pinnacle of God's creation. This is the, uh, the the creation par excellence. This is it in, in his image. And there's a lot that goes into that, a lot that we don't have a, a ton of time to, to, to talk about specifically, uh, but uh, they are in his image in their ability to, for example, uh, reason and have, uh, have the ability to, to use uh, rationale, uh, morality. They're, they're unique in that sense. Uh, creativity, authority. Uh, even one commentator said just the spiritual accord with the will of God um, is unique to the creation of mankind. And so mankind is the, the pinnacle. It is uh, the top of the totem pole, so to speak, of God's creative activity there was the creation of Adam and Eve. Uh, and then he puts them in a garden and he actually gives them the law. The law is there in Genesis two sixteen and 17, when God says, you may eat of any tree, but from this tree, you may not eat. That's why when Paul makes his arguments in, in Romans five, he says the, the sin of those whose sin was not like Adam because Adam transgressed a law. There was no law between Adam and Moses. And so here there was the law in Genesis two sixteen and 17. Then we get into chapter three, which is the fall of man when the, this law was broken. And, uh, and we may say, well, wasn't Eve the one that sinned? Why is Adam held responsible? And, and the reason is, is because of the created order. Uh, Adam was given the responsibility and the headship there, and he is the represent, representative head of mankind. And so uh, Eve's failure was really the failure of Adam as well in that and uh, in the consequences of sin uh, are are dealt out from God from that point forward, uh, all the way from from the serpent, the the actual creature, to Satan, to Eve, to Adam, everybody, and the, the earth itself is going to suffer uh, under the fall of mankind. There, uh, one verse worth noting is Genesis three fifteen. This is often referred to as the Proto Evangelion, which is the first gospel, uh, because in here we see the first glimpse of what God would do when it says that the serpent would strike the heel of the offspring of the woman read Jesus, but Jesus would crush the head of the serpent. 
and uh, the serpent there being Satan, so that it's pointing forward and looking forward to the cross, even already here in Genesis 3, only nine verses after the, the fall takes place. Yeah, one of the cool parts about the way that this section ends is that God is the one who takes initiative to clothe Adam and Eve, which means, given the fact that he clothed them with garments of skin, God was the first one to take out an animal. Yep. He was the first one to offer a sacrifice to himself in order to clothe Adam and Eve. Are you hearing the parallels here? Yeah. God eventually would clothe us in the righteousness of Christ by sacrificing his only son. So even then, even though the Proto-Evangelion in verse 15 is is there in a veiled sense, we see even more of it as it unfolds and how God remedies temporarily the issue of the the now uh, the, the now disruption of the their relationship with God, which is really cool. I mean, you, there's so much happening in these first three chapters. It, we could spend a lot more time on this because there's just, I, I mean, it's rich. It's yeah. rich. Yeah. We could pre- we should preach on this, Pastor Peach. <laughs> it's rich. But <laughs> I mean, don't miss it. If you by, by the way, you said something earlier that just reminded me. I, I love reading my Bible. I, I I find it very enjoyable because. I am endlessly curious about all the stuff that's in it. There's things in there. I'm like, what does that mean? Why does he say that? Where is that coming from? Man, there, there's so much here, guys. And I, if we could squeeze it like a sponge, we could be squeezing for a long time before we exhaust how much is available here. So be, be curious about your Bible as you read this year. Let God challenge you. Get yourself, a, invest, let me encourage you, invest in Logos Bible software. That is one of the, I, I've spent so much money on this thing, but I love it because it helps feed my curiosity about the Word of God and their commentaries and resources that I really do trust. So I'd love for you this year, if, if you're waiting on investing on this thing, now's the time. They've got good deals this time of year too. They do. Yep. Yeah. Also, if uh, if you have questions that, that are unanswered and, and are just gnawing at you, feel free to send us an email, podcast at compassntx.org. And uh, we would love to get back to you with a response. And uh, maybe we can even answer a question on air if there's one that comes up that we think, oh, yeah, that would be helpful. We maybe missed uh, hitting on something that would be helpful for everyone. But And we we're, often we're aware of that. Yep, <laughs> we, we are. are. We're missing a lot. We are. Yep. We are uh, We are skimming. We're like a rock skimming off the, the surface. Right. Summarizing and, uh, and skimming for your sake. Yeah. Hopefully it's uh, it, it, helpful to, to frame um, everything uh, in that regard. So, all right, y'all. Well, good job. That's it. No Day New one. Testament because... This is it. Different approach. Yes, right. So you made it through this day is one. Exciting. I like it this. is. It is exciting, and we will catch you again tomorrow. And uh, keep reading your Bibles. That's right. Bye. See you then. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.